you make a song, right? And I make a beat for you. Uh, and we have on contract, as long as, if you sell 1,500 copies of this song, mm. you know, it's it's okay. But as soon as you sell 1,501, yeah. we have to restructure this contract or else I own that song now. What? Yeah. Now, I already know what you're thinking. Where can I get the merch? I'm glad you asked. You can find it at toostubborntofail.com. That's toostubborntofail.com. All right. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. We got a real special guest in the building today. He's a recording artist, a producer, a dope content creator, and a real good friend of mine. True deal. So, how you feeling? Good, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm excited. Hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited, excited to be here, man. We go way back. So, that's actually the first thing I want to touch on is the mindset from when we was kids to now. Like, did you ever think that we'd be here creating content right now? No. I mean, yes, but on the scale, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's it's way different than how how we actually imagine it. Like we used to play Madden together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we played football together. So it's like it's certain things. It's like when you're a kid, you just think of things on a smaller level. But to the point that we are now, now I salute it, man. And that's why I wanted to be a part of this. And I salute everything you're doing, man, because I know what it takes. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, when I when I had when I had the idea, like you was one of the first people I thought of. I, I appreciate it. And it's like I have to commend you on the fact that even back then, like you were still doing music. So yeah. you know, for you to be doing it for that long, that means that it was a passion for you. Man, it, it was my love, man. Yeah. You know. I was in I was in concert band with Mr. Wilkes and uh and it was I think it was Mr. Warren I had at Sims. But uh, I, I just always love music, man. I love football, too. But uh, music was something I loved more because I could express myself. You know, football was just more like a discipline thing for me. I loved it, you know, but it taught me more about being disciplined and, and different things like that and how to work as a team versus music. It's just different parts, like the creative parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? The part that I really wanted to grow. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's dope. Yeah. So... As far as being an artist, like, where did the name come from? How'd you figure out how to how yeah. you was gonna go by Troop? So, um, well, Troop Troop is just like a nickname. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, when I was growing up, well, my uncle called me Duke for the longest, and he still called me that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I had a couple of homies who called me Troop. Um, but man, you know, as an artist, you have different names. Mm-hmm. You know, so like. Uh, I'm not as bad as Puff Daddy, like P Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I was true to Phenom, because the Phenom was supposed to be like, you know, somebody that was extremely good at what they do, like mm-hmm. a Phenom, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I, and I hate using the definition of a word to describe right, it. Right, right. Uh, but I was true to Phenom. I was true to Dillinger, because I was obsessed with John Dillinger after watching Public Enemies, and I was like, I want to be Troop Dillinger because of what he represented. Yeah. And I was like, nah. But Troop Dizza, um, it's just like, I feel like that's really, because I, I always wanted to have like that solid name. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And uh, and this is just like that higher level, that next level. And I feel like that's just that final form, you know, as far as creativity uh, and listening to Wu-Tang, you know what I mean? Like different I think, things. I thought that that had something to do with it, but yeah. we never had that conversation to, to find out. Man, I remember I told... Uh, I told one of my, my old partners I used to record with, I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to change my name to Truth Dizzle. Yeah. And they laughed. They was like, man, you tripping. But to me, I was like, man, I, I just want to go by that because I feel like that's a better name. And, and all the best music I've had has been as Dizzle, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. You know? So I just wanted to stick with that. Okay. I always wanted that. Yeah. But as far as like the music industry, you know I couldn't have you come on here and not talk about the business side of that. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a lot yeah. that I learned. Um, but I'll just, I'll just touch on like one of the surface thing that I learned last year. You know, we were talking about off camera about how I was learning about how to own music. Mm -hmm. Um, so last year I learned that, you know, the music business is a business and you have to have paperwork on your songs. Right. You know, so, um, uh, say, say I, you make a song, right. And I make a beat for you. Uh, and we have on contract, as long as, if you sell 1,500 copies of this song, mm. you know, it's it's okay. But as soon as you sell 1,501, yeah. we have to restructure this contract or else I own that song now. What? Yeah. Until you restructure the contract, yes. And that and some producers don't know that. But it's all, it's all just different things. If we go to the studio... And if I bought the exclusive rights to the beat mm -hmm. and I pay for our studio session, I own the song, no matter if you recorded on it or not. You will get your writing credits, but it's up to you to have your publishing. It's up to you to go and get your mechanical royalties and all that. But I still own the record because I did the paperwork. And that's how they get people. That's how labels get. And, you know, we had another conversation where I said that I was trying to inform artists about you know what's going on and what happens when when people have access to your music and what you do mm -hmm. and uh you know somebody was like so who cares yeah. but that's the issue it's like when you try to inform people they don't listen yeah. and when you try to tell them like hey this is happening right now or hey this is why you don't own your music this is why you make 15 cent on a dollar mm -hmm. you know they don't, they don't realize that, and they just think, well, I'm still making money, but it's like you can make so much more. It's like it's a 100% piece of a pie, and you're getting 15%, but you're, you're, you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm still making money, though. Yeah. You know, well, where's, where's the other 85%? <laughs> you, you know, like, go get your money, but they don't listen. How long did it take you to figure that process out? When I, um, I bought this book called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business, mm -hmm. And even in that book, it's still it's still not everything that you need to know because right. it's it's different volumes. So it's been from um from the beginning, like in the fifties or the sixties, how they structured deals. Then even in the two thousands, um, and this is a this is a interesting thing I learned in the two thousands they were still giving artists deals structured around the eighties and the nineties terminology. Mm -hmm. So even though we had iPads. I mean, iPods, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Mm -hmm. In that contract, it was still mentioning cassettes, eight tracks, and stuff like that because they they're not looking they're at just it. copy and paste. Yeah, and the lawyers the lawyers tell them, well, you know, 
um, this is the this is the average deal. This is what the average person gets. So they're like, okay, cool. But that's what we have to. I feel like we have to find a way to stop that because it's the reason why we hear all these horror stories about artists, and then we have artists when they actually get free, they go away. Yeah, you know, and they don't like Lauren Hill. When she figured out what happened, she went away. She can come back and now what she wants. But if she wants to be on a major scale, I'm sure she has to sign another deal. Yeah, and then uh, the crazy thing is like a lot of popular artists back in the day. They really wasn't making no money like no. that. And it's like, even though they was all over the radio, videos on MTV, everywhere. Uh, BET, everywhere, they still wasn't making the kind of money that we thought they was making just because we saw their face. Man, uh, we know the story about TLC. Mm -hmm. uh, TLC sold 10 million records, mm -hmm. and they were still living with their mama. Yeah. They barely had enough to buy each one of them a car. You yeah. Know? After selling 10 million records, y'all have $100,000 left, and it's three of y'all. That's crazy. You know, and... And that's all because they didn't know the business side. They didn't know. And, man, they can they can do anything, man. They can... And I keep saying they, mm -hmm. but the people that are in charge of their finances, the people that are in charge of um, what the, the deal that they sign, man. You know, and sometimes I speak on people's deals, and like I said, when I speak on it, people don't, that like, they'll say so, or they'll say, well, you know, what can we do about it? But it's just about having leverage, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that I learned. You know, if I'm putting money into buying posters and buying flyers and buying gear and buying all this stuff to promote myself, why would I want you to swoop in and take over what I've been doing for five years? <laughs> you know, and then somebody will say, well, you know, you talking about owning pennies over, over somebody having millions, but they have millions, but it's not theirs. Versus me getting millions and or, or me attempting to get millions and that pile on top of more millions, and I'm able to help more people because I found a way out of the matrix. You know, Brandon. You know, Brandon. So how how important would you say it is for you to be instrumental in your own brand? Um, very. I, I I feel like it's very important. Um, you don't if if I don't I don't smoke cigarettes, mm -hmm. so I I wouldn't want to be doing ads for cigarette companies, right. you know. But some people back in the eighties they did it anyways. In the nineties they did it. You know, if you look at it in the seventies, they had cigarette commercials and people were walking around smiling and mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. because it was just a way of branding them and getting to another level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And but it's it's really important because you don't want people to judge you in a in a way that's not you. Yeah. You know you don't want people to say, oh, I know I know uh, too stubborn to fail isn't gonna be good because he acts like this right. on his commercial. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's it. That's that's not not what I want to do. And I want to be able to brand myself and make people see me in the light because I'm a father too. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's certain things that I think about. I'm like. Like, even when I curse on songs, if my son hears it, he's like, Daddy, why are you cursing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like certain things now that it's changing and it's making me pay attention to, and I want to have control over that part. Yeah. You know, even even if it's just, even if it's a small part of my pod, I want that part, and I want yeah. to be able to control it, you know? And another thing, I think when it comes to your brand, it's so important to keep your core values in mind, like you talk about you being a father um, or 
you know, we hear it all the time where certain actors refuse to put the dress on. Yeah. You know? And it's so important that you keep those core values intact because it's, it's certain things that you know is on your list. Mm -hmm. This is not what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. never going to do X. <laughs> yeah. That's not my brand. That, that's not who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I don't care how much money you give me. You can't pay me to do it. Hmm. So what, what kind of tips would you have for somebody starting out and, you know, kind of when it comes to starting their brand? Yeah. Um, when it comes to starting your brand, I just I, I think it's important to know your end goal mm -hmm. um, and to know what you want to what you actually want to do with with your brand. Um, actually know what a brand is. I, rem <laughs> I remember I was trying to get this lady to help me and I was like. Man, I had to be like 24, and I, I I messaged her. I said, "Hey, I need help building my brand. I need help doing this different stuff, just elevating." She was like, "Well, what is your brand?" And I was like, "I'm it's me. I'm the brand, mm -hmm. you know." And she was like, "No, but you gotta understand like who you are and what audience that you want to aim for, you know. Um, like you don't wanna you don't wanna put too much effort into this audience, and that audience isn't your crowd." Right. You know, you want to make sure that you know who you are and what you're aiming for. Um, it's this book I read called Essentialism. I forget the author, but it's a quote. He says, when people are unaware of the end game, they don't know, know the end goal. They don't know which way to aim. Mm -hmm. And I, I put that in, in my notes, man, and I read it every day mm -hmm. because it's like you have to be aware. Even even if it's just you waking up, you getting in the car, and you're like, man, where do I need to go? I need to go get gas. You need to be aware of what you're doing. You need to be aware of why you're doing it. Your why, you know, make sure you have a why. Because at any point, you could just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But your why has to be the reason why you keep going. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, it's real easy to quit, man. And I think we were talking about, I don't know if this was on camera, but we were talking about, you know, people when they criticize artists or creatives, and, you know, they say certain things about you and they will try to make you feel bad about a product that you made. Um, but when you are aware of who you are and where you're trying to go, you just have to have that mindset, that tunnel vision. You can't let anybody throw you off because if they do, it will continue to happen every time you try to do something. Uh-huh. I switched sides on you. Why you ain't go to the site yet? Too stubborn to fail.com. That's too stubborn to fail.com. Go check it out. And you know, just like you said, putting in that consistency matters. Like yeah. It's working over working on your craft on a daily basis, you get to a point where nobody else's opinion really does matter because really all you have to do is create. And your audience really will find you. Yeah. People, it's some people out there that think you dope. They just don't know who you are yet. Yeah. And once they hear you for their first time, they're playing for life. Man, it's it's people. You know, it's a, it's another thing. Too many people rely on the internet too. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I had a show. It was a couple weeks ago. Man, I I I killed it, man. And this guy afterwards, he came up to me. He was like, "Hey, man, you got CDs?" Yeah. I was like, "No, nah, I ain't got no CDs." He was like. I was like, but I got Instagram, Twitter, you know, I'm I'm giving them the little rundown. Yeah. How we man yeah, how we how we communicate. Like. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's so weird because it's like when people don't have social media, 
you have to change that whole approach. And it might only be one person per show, mm -hmm. you know, out of the 50 people that you meet. You know, you hey, what's up, my name is Troop Desert. This is my YouTube, my Twitter, my website right here. You can get some merch. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just like, but when I met him, he was like, I don't have all that. He was like, I'm a, he was like, I'm a real person. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I don't do the internet, so I need a CD. He was like, but I respect what you're doing, you know. He was like, I respect what you're doing coming out of South Carolina. Um, he was like, keep going. Yeah. But that just made me view my brand and how I'm doing stuff, even buying billboards. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw Drake and Kanye did that for their brand, but I want to do that for my project. Yeah. I want people to be on 85 in Greenville or wherever it is, mm -hmm. and I want to have a blip. And I want them to be able to see, oh, this is season three is out right now. Mm -hmm. Because that's a different level of brand. And that's something that they might not be able to see on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But they might be stuck in 85 or might just be looking at a billboard. And just look you up. Yeah. Boom, you got a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and my logic, you know, we, we've read people, we've seen people talk about stuff like this. But if you have a thousand people that really follow you and they spend $100 per year each, that's $100,000 that you made off a 1,000 people. You know, and a lot of people that will say, well, you know, I got this amount of followers, but you can, you can all, all you need is 1,000 or 10,000 real followers, mm -hmm. and that will put you on another level. Yeah. You know, and $100, that's, that's nothing for a real person that's rocking with you to actually spend. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's a show, pop-up shop, anything but you got to just understand your brand and understand what, what you're trying to do with it man <laughs> it's just speaking to like the monetization piece yeah um you can't have a big following but if you if you're not monetizing that following then does it really matter no um, <laughs> no not at all because you know you can you can have dope content and like the goal let's not let's not trick the people mm -hmm. the goal is to monetize your brand. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Now you may have another motive to motivate, inspire, um, teach. Yeah. But the main goal is to monetize this thing. For sure. So, that's and that's always the main goal. Yeah. yeah. So how do how do you can you speak to some of the ways that you are able to monetize? As far brand? as like as far as like the artist side? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, so like when you're an artist, um, it could be anything. So I got with this guy on on Instagram, and I made it a point at the beginning of the year. I had a, a bunch of different goals, and one of them was I want to uh, make Troop Dizzle, the actual Troop Dizzle, like the logo and everything. I said I wanted to make one, mm -hmm. and I wanted to make it to, to the point where if people just wore it like on a patch on a shirt. Somebody will be like, "Hey man, that symbol is dope." You yeah. know, like it's it's like the polo symbol, right? Right. You know, so I said I wanted to make that. So you know, I um I, I got with the guy we made. He made the designs. Got he sent me a few of them, and I I decided on the last one because I wanted it to be like I said, a logo that could be like a patch or like if it's even if it's just like my kids say it looks like a superhero or something. Mm. So it's like even if it was just like the Batman symbol in the sky or something like that, TD. It's clean, yeah. you know. It's it's clean and it's cut. So, but I say that to say you can make that the merch mm -hmm. when you make your project. You know, vinyl is coming back around, mm -hmm. and this is just free game from what I'm doing right now. Like we already talked about the blue, mm -hmm. um, but vinyl is coming back around. You know, like you go on Barnes and Nobles, you see they got all of these vinyl albums. 
But uh, instead of putting your album on on Apple Music, that's fine. But um, actually have physical copies of your album, mm-hmm. like a vinyl. And, and man, you could charge $25 for a vinyl, like a collector's issue, that's you know. Cool. I never even thought of that. Yeah, you, but that's what I'm doing yeah. right now. You like, I like this whole process. Um, and there's people that's in my circle. We've been talking about it. Uh, my friend uh, Matt Vanderford, we've been talking about it for months now. Mm-hmm. Because, and even just the rollout of actually having vinyl copies. And, and maybe if it's people having pop-up shops as an artist, you're charging 25 to $30 for a vinyl copy of your album, and then you're selling 100 of them. Like, it might cost you $800 to get 100 pressed up mm-hmm. with the with the cover and everything. Yeah. But if you actually spend, say you spend $200 getting a, a front and a back cover of an album made, and this is hypothetical right, speaking, right. like, I can, sometimes I make them on my phone, mm-hmm. you know, but it, if you could put that in, you get, you spend $800 to buy 100 copies of a vinyl, you're selling them $30 a piece, mm-hmm. you, uh, and you got 100, that's $3,000. Yeah. That means you profited $2,000 off of your music in a time period where you got to sell, where you got to get a million streams on Spotify to make $4,000. That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> using, the, using the old method. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, they trick you, man. And it's like everybody wants to be an artist now. But, you know, we talked about, you know, back in the 90s, we saw where artists were everywhere and they were broke. Yep. Now artists are everywhere on our phones and they're broke. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is an artist, but nobody knows how to make money off of it. Because they're like, oh, my song is on Spotify, and then people are excited about the monthly listeners, which isn't real, you know. Um, all of it, it's just an algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just something to get you locked in to Spotify, right. so that they can make money, so that they can monetize. Everything is all about making money. Apple Music is all about making money. There's no way why you can listen to my whole album versus buying it, and you listen to it on Apple Music, and I don't even make a dollar. That's crazy. That's insane. You know, but it's like, that's why you have to know other ways around it. You have to be able to sell. You have to be able to, if you're an artist, have a website, put your music on your website, sell your music, physical copies, mm-hmm. sell merch. Like, if you got quotes from songs, like I, like, I haven't did it yet, but I always wanted to make a shirt that said, ain't no pressure. Because ain't no pressure to go on anything. And, and it's a song. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, it's like if you have certain bars that is just like universal, put that together, make that a shirt, make that a brand. You know, you can branch out in certain ways, but that old way of just, I'm, I'm just making music, I'm a dope artist, that's there. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't do that. You know, and I used to do that, man. Like when I went to Charleston Southern. I used to sit in my room and write bars and go at 26 and go back home yeah. and record. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the hardest rapper. But I didn't know anything about the business. Mm-hmm. Somebody could have got me then and been like, yo, sign this. And I would have signed it. And they could have been like, yo, I'm going to give you $100,000. But you under my control for the next 20 years. And that would have been the rap. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, like, it, I, I would have been like, man, this is dirty. You know, somebody did me wrong. But, you know, it's, it's just certain things that you got to learn when you're trying to build yourself. When you're trying to go to certain places, man. You got to know. You have to be aware. You know what I mean? Because if you're not, it, there are snakes in every business, and they're trying to make money. You gotta study the game. Come on, just man. be a student of it. Come on, man! Like it's it's way too many artists 
I, I don't I, I don't want to say what I want to, you know, <laughs> but it's way too many artists, especially in hip hop. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say it, man. Hip hop is dominated by by young black men. Mm-hmm. Young black men, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if they're in prison or if they're in hip hop, they're getting taken advantage of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like you know you got people in prison that's working for nothing, you mm-hmm. know, and they work for pennies. But it's because of the Thirteenth Amendment, and that's something else. Right. But then you have hip hop, and you have kids that's in hip hop, and they're working for pennies. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of the Thirteenth Amendment; it's because they don't know, right? You know, and the people that are in control, you know, they're making money off of them. They're telling them to rap about certain things in order to get that attention to mm-hmm. them. It's all a game, but it's just it's just about you knowing what's what's happening and knowing how to move. You know, if not, you will be on the show. You, know, <laughs> you, you will be a tax write-off for a label. They will give you $100,000 just for you to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you still have to pay taxes on that 100000 So, <laughs> So it ain't even the whole 100 No. So as a creative, how is how important is it to act on an idea once it's in your head? Mm. For me, very important because I don't want to forget. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I have a thought, man, even when I'm making songs, uh, you know, everybody got a phone, so I might just pull out my phone and be like, Siri, open up my voice memo. Yeah. And I, if, if even if it's just a melody, like it's a melody, I don't have the words yet, I'll record the melody. Um, that way, when I get home or something later, it's like, okay, what was I going with this? Let me find the words. Yeah. It's like how Rain Man, I don't know if you ever watched Rain Man, yeah. but you know, like, he counts the cards and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. That's, that's, and I'm not saying I'm Rain Man, but it's, it's like when you when you making music, it's like, I listen to different melodies, and it's like, okay, I, I have this melody on this song. Let me find the words to go with that. Mm-hmm. And, and that all comes from knowing in that moment, right. you know. And we talked about uh, since COVID happened, I've been recording at home, um, not a lot, but mm-hmm. you know I do it, um, and it's because I can record myself at home and I know exactly how I want the song to go. That way, if I have to send it to my engineers and speak life, I could just say, "Hey, I recorded this at home. I like this tape. Let's see if we can make the vocals up." Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, they do that thing with mixing and mastering, but sometimes you have to bring the vocals up. And, and bring the beat out so and so right. that it can be really in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And you have to know when you record and you have to know exactly what you want to do. Um, when those ideas for songs come to you, make sure that you get it out. Or if it's up for a shirt, get it out. Right. You know, um, because it's a lot of times when we have ideas about stuff, man, this is, and, and this is the bad thing about social media. You get on Facebook and it says, what's on your mind? Mm-hmm. You go type every, you you like, oh, I'm about to drop new shirts. And I used to do this. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to learn. I'm about to drop new shirts. I'm about to do this. I'm about to, I'm about to take over. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk, but you never put the action in. Right. And you feel like it's action because people are in the comments and they're like, yeah, do that, man. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm with you. But it's still up to you to put in that work and actually make it happen. Man. You know? Man. I I can attest to that because as far as two stubborn to fail is concerned, I I created that the name years ago mm-hmm. and never acted on it. I remember. Yeah, years <laughs> yeah. ago. And then, you know, 
it took the pandemic to slow me down. I reevaluated some stuff, and then I actually finally made an LLC last year. And even from that point, I didn't I didn't do the branding as far as the merch and the website until like October. Mm-hmm. So is <laughs> when it comes to acting on the idea, you're right. You yeah. gotta do it ASAP. Yeah. But the other thing that I wanted to touch on in this interview was, you know, with all of your success that you have now, uh people might somebody might see you and say that you're an overnight success. Mm. But is there really such thing as an overnight success? No. Not in my eyes. Um, man, I'm <laughs> I, I've been doing this so long, man. Okay, this is 2021. It's about to be 2022. Man, I opened up I opened up for Yo Gotti when he had five star chick mm-hmm. in two thousand nine. And I think I was like eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. So it's people that saw me back then. And they might see me now, and they'd be like, man, he got to be like 40. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's, but it's like, it's like, man, I was a kid back then. I went through and I learned everything. And I'm I'm glad because I feel like now the position I'm in and the stuff that I know, um, I can help people that's coming after me too. Right. I feel like I could be the one that kicks down the door and... I'm bringing everybody else through, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm gonna be the one out of South Carolina, but I'm. But I'm, I'm speaking on the knowing. Now I, I don't want to just be somebody that's silent, right? You know, right. like I, I want to be somebody, and then it's like, man, he turned into a mogul because mm-hmm. he knew what happened. He, right. he didn't let the people play him, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I don't. I don't want to do, and and I see it happen too much, and I hate it because you know we have artists, man. It's it's crazy that they all do the same trick play now. When they come out, they talk about their deals. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you three examples. Meat Mill, he started talking about his record deal when his album was about to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, she started talking about her, her record deal when her album was about to come out. Mm-hmm. Summer Walker, they ran a, a media press about her when her album came out. All of these people are big stars but they're complaining about their contracts mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make sense to me and it's like nobody is even trying to change it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's even trying to do anything but it's like people like me, I've been around for a while, man. And it's like as a teenager, you know, I used to listen to these guys and I and I thought everything was was real. Right. You know, like and and rep the the music was especially rap. It's like WWE. You know, but it's it's like Vince McMahon runs the WWE, Mm -hmm. you know, Triple H was a wrestler, but of course he learned the business side and he got, you know, whatever he he could as as far as on the other side of it. But it's like, you just have to know, like, you you cannot just be a worker in it. You know, like, we we do it so that we can not be a worker and not have jobs, you know. You don't do it so that you become an artist and then you still working right. and you going on tour when you seventy because you can't make money <laughs> no other way. Like that's that's just not what I want to do. It's a horror story. The Temptations they they tour forever. You yeah. Know? yeah. But but the thing about it, they had a movie. We knew about them, Motown and all this stuff. But I guarantee you their contracts were bad. Yeah. But it's because they wanted to be put out there more, and they didn't know any other way. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's 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 a sad story. It is sad, man. 
it's been a dope interview. Oh yeah. How I always like to wrap it up is with uh, asking my guests like, what you you may have many, but one in particular that stands out to you, um, a too stubborn to fail moment for you, a moment that against all odds you still managed to get it done even when it looked like it wasn't gonna happen. Hmm. Um, I'll say that right now. Um, right now I'm I'm having a moment where I'm finishing up my my project, and it's the first project under my label, New Gen Records LLC, and I'm I'm proud about it. But it was so many roadblocks to finish it. Even now, it's about to come out in three weeks. But you're talking about me reaching out to producers. They're not writing back. Mm -hmm. Me uh, reaching out to producers, and they're just giving me cold shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we could work, and then we don't. You know, it's all type of issues that you have. But when you have the vision, you have to see it through, man. And nobody else can see your vision except for you. You know, so they may not respect what you're, what you're trying to do because they can't see it. But I'm the type of person that I'm going to make it happen regardless. So, you know, I'm never going to fail. I might stumble, you know, but we can't fail. You know, as long as I'm trying, it's going to happen. Every time. That's what's up. Man, how can the people find you? Yeah, so uh, everything is true SC. On Twitter, it's true SC. Instagram is true SC. Uh, if you want to listen to the music, it's true Dizza on Apple Music. Spotify, Tidal, wherever music is sold on digital service platforms, um, and troopdizzle.com and dizzleseason.com. You know, so, and YouTube is troopdizzle everywhere. Well, there you have it. This has been a dope episode of Two Stuff in the Fail. I'm your host, Darren Perkins. We had Troop Dizzle in the building today, and we're signing out.